0: This is your boy, Nathan Crankfield, the host and founder of the Seeking Excellence podcast. Dude, today, Seth and I team up again. The guy from the intro, we're back at it. We're getting after it together and we're taking on the wonderful topic of socialism. This is Seth's idea and I loved it. And so we're just doing this jam on socialism and kind of deep diving into why, why socialism uh, isn't awesome, which isn't hard to explain. And then also talking about how it affects a lot of people in the church and kind of how to have have the conversation around as socialism becomes more and more popular here in the United States of America, and especially within people um, that are within the church, and why that doesn't make sense and is uh, incoherent with logic. So we want to talk about that, a lot of different things in in regards to socialism, and I have a ton of thoughts on that topic. Um, And so I hope you really enjoy this conversation that Seth and I had about this, and uh, let us know what you think.
1: God bless. Lead others and never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. My dude, Seth, bro, the guy from the intro, we haven't recorded together since like 09, brother. How old yeah, are I'm you? Back. Back before you moved. It's been things have been great. I know uh Tori and I just recorded earlier this week. That's just right. kind of some recent updates So you'll hear about that soon. But yeah, things are trending in the right direction. Um, as it Hell seems yeah. like things with you are going. That's right. Bro, and I mean, talk about some we've had
0: some monumental change now that I think about it. Last time we recorded, I was, I mean, very, very newly into my relationship with Emily. You were, I think, like three months away from getting married. Yeah. Here you are married now. You got a new job. By the time this comes out, God willing, I'll have set in stone a new job. You know, we're both moving the same distance across the country, both of us in the same distance west. Yeah. Uh so I appreciate that. I like to think that you heard we were moving to Denver and you're like, I don't want to be any further than nine hours apart. So you just were like, let me go ahead and pop
1: a little nine hours
0: west as well.
1: Well, it's just sad we keep like our timelines just keep barely missing each other just missing. I mean, I'm glad that we obviously lined up when we did when we had that little short amount of time, but
0: right, Praise yeah, the we Lord. just
1: keep barely, barely missing each other. So hopefully we'll, we'll line up soon. It is crazy.
0: Yeah. It is so funny to think about that. I was telling, I think it was either Emily or, or Marissa or Leanne um, the other day about that. of just like how, like, I feel like people kind of underestimate because of how much we either talk to each other or talk about each other, whatever right and i'm like we really (laughs) lived in the same place for like 90 days you know however long it was like it was not that yeah legit it was not a long time but uh yeah no it's great it's great to be back with you great to be recording i i knew i wanted to do this i thought it'd be fun to do something either together i I just feel like i haven't recorded people on the team that much except for the one recently with lucas but yeah um you picked a great topic for us tonight so we're going to be talking about why socialism sucks essentially (laughs)
1: because it's Pretty much. I mean, it seems to be growing too. I mean, people are really hopping onto that train for whatever reason. And it, I mean, it, don't get me wrong, it sounds really good if you just like listen to the principles of it. But I mean, people don't pay attention to what those principles ultimately end up going into and where they go after time. And I think that's where it just becomes an idealistic um, political theory that just, yeah, fails. Never,
0: never actually works. It is really interesting. So kind of the overview that I wanted to give to kind of set set the stage for this talk today is, uh, you know, I just recently gave a talk at Benedictine for um, a leadership class that just kind of went over like seeking excellence in general. Right. And so Mm -hmm. one thing that just kind of reflecting on that and really going in depth with people and explaining the seven pillars is that I explained to them that the social pillar is so important because so often I see people, you know, that get caught up in these like social justice issues. Right. Right. That really uh, you just kind of watch them fall further and further away from the church. Yeah. Right. Like I, I, always, I always notice, and I think it's, it's such an incredibly high percentage. I'd love to do like a survey on it if it was possible, but like there's such a high percentage of the people in my life who have unfollowed me on social media because of my political views or unfriended me or any of these things, like what a high percentage of those people I also notice, like, don't go to mass anymore. Yeah. Or they're living with their girlfriends or they, you know, or both of those things or whatever it might be. Right. Like they're just kind of like far away from the Lord. And it doesn't mean I always clarify, you know, I'm not saying that there's no Democrat registered Democrat who's a good Catholic. Right. Like that's not, that's not the point. Right. But the point is that the people who cling to leftism also abandon the church. And I try to stress that so often in my social media posting, especially on my personal page, that I talk about, you know, as the left gets further and further the left, and this is me speaking as somebody, as I've said many times on here, who technically still is, I still am a registered Democrat in the state of Pennsylvania at this time. Like as the left gets more and more left, so many people, you think of Dave Rubin, Candace Owens, all these people who have kind of abandoned ship in that, in that way, as the left gets more left, they actually leave people. It's not even people becoming more conservative, but leftism keeps going so further and further extreme to the left that it actually is, is leaving a good number of moderates or like moderate Democrats, you know, are now kind of seeing themselves in the middle or even on the conservative side. Right. When you think about the democratic party 20 years ago, when abortion, you know, when Hillary Clinton was talking about abortion being safe, legal and rare, right. When Barack Obama was talking about how important immigration, like strong immigration policy is and, you know, making sure that we have, uh, security at the borders, right? All these things that you don't hear about today, back when Barack Obama was against gay marriage, right? Like there's a lot of change that has happened in the last 20 years in the Democratic Party as it gets more extreme. And the far extreme side of that is socialism, right? Socialism, communism, and we'll talk about the differences between the two and all that. But one thing that I think is so key, this is an analogy that I always love to make, is, you know, I've often heard Ben Shapiro, other conservative speakers talk about the the like the united states like the government budget right yeah and so he talks about like when we survey americans for budget spending right because we spend a shit ton of money like it's absurd right like there's no there's no more poorly managed you know purse than the united states government and um well that's not true there are a few people who are worse but the government's pretty bad but when you think about government spending right like all americans when you talk about we spend trillions and trillions of dollars worth this many trillions of dollars in debt when you ask americans should the government spend less money looking at how much debt we're in, how much we spend year over year, almost everybody says yes, right? Like a strong majority of Americans say yes. But then he says, this is the kicker. When you ask them specific issues, then everybody says no, right? So if you say, should we spend less money on education? People say, uh, no. Should we spend less money on the military, the defense? Uh, no. Should we spend less money uh, giving aid to foreign countries? People say, uh, no. Should we spend less money on infrastructure and building roads and all these different things? Uh, no. Right. (laughs) So it's really interesting when we say, should we spend less money? Everybody says, yes. And when we talk about specific issues, everybody says, no, I think that socialism is the exact opposite where most Americans, when you say, do you want capital or do you want communism to be the rule of the country, communism, socialism, whatever people say, no, but then you get people, you know, through the media manipulation and politicians manipulation of racism, do you want to have uh, defund the police or get rid of the police or nationalize the police? More and more people are saying yes, right? Over time, we're getting more and more neutralized and numbed down to this gender ideology and all these things, right? And when you say, do you want to, you know, all these things that are considered under the blanket of trans rights, everybody says yes, right? When you think about um, the stuff that they wanna start doing the children and indoctrination of children and uh, just kind of the manipulation of the education system, right? When you go topic by topic everybody ends up saying yes right to this they're building the horse right the trojan horse of of socialism and they don't even realize it this is this this thing that they say we oh we don't want that we don't want tyranny right antifa is the greatest example of that right the anti-fascists who go around violently forcing people to believe and you know state the same things and do whatever they want them to do it's a it's absurd but it's like you're you're creating fascism through this name of anti-fascism right the black lives matter movement that doesn't help black people like it doesn't make any sense but you see all these things are kind of cover-ups for just really bringing socialism and, and tyranny into our country and it's really really sad so that's why i think this is so important for us to talk about and so i'm really glad you brought this topic up and i know you have some great stuff just kind of definitions wise and i have some thoughts on the difference between socialism and communism and stuff but just want to toss it to you because i know you had some some stuff you looked up for us
1: yeah i mean that's that seems to be kind of like the whole MO of socialism is for it to come in looking like it's not what it is. Yes. I mean, you see that over and over again. I think that's kind of the name of the game. Um, Cause I think Karl Marx was like the only one who was like straight up.
0: Like he's like, you know, that was kind of the, that's what I learned. I mean, I jump into this real quick. Sorry to jump in. No, you're good. You're good. Um, Uh, But, you know, what I learned today or what I was reading about today is like one of the main differences between what people call communism and socialism is I I read that, you know, communism is said that people have no private property rights, where in socialism you have some private property rights. Mm -hmm. The similarity, the main similarity is that the government pretty much controls everything, right? The means of uh, production, right? The government's in control of almost everything in your life um, and redistributes wealth and all of that stuff the difference they say between communism is that Karl Marx said that there need to be a straight revolution and overthrow as where socialism tries to do it through democratic policy. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, what Ben Shapiro, I heard him say today on the backstage with daily Wire, he said that <laughs> democratic socialists try to use the system to like basically tear down and take over the system. Yeah. You know, and you're kind of seeing that now, right? Like Joe Biden gets elected president, but now he wants to pack the Supreme court, right? Like we're going to try to like change things to create tyranny, but it's like, Oh no, we're doing the, the, the democratic for your way. benefit, for your, yeah, benefit. for your benefit it's going to help people right we're going to solve these problems of racism all these things to get people outraged and angry because if you're angry then they can take more radical control and you're gonna you're gonna okay that because you're so upset and you're like something this has to change we need to tear down and completely renew the american system when you hear people talking about that they're talking about tyranny they're talking about
1: socialism you know like it's crazy well and the you know and since barack obama there have been more executive orders being in, you know, put in place for the president to make more executive orders, which is like, that's the entire reason that we have the political system that we do of the checks and balances, the House of Representatives, the Senate, you know, the judicial branch, we have these in place so that they can keep tabs on one another and make sure that we are making the best decision. And we're, I mean, actively in the past eight, 10 years, we've been eliminating that more and more. So
0: Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, which is really sad to see. And it's it's kind of funny. And this is something that you see both Republicans and Democrats get in there. Because everybody, the, every you know, when he criticized the fact that Joe Biden had whatever it was, like 60 plus in his first five weeks, executive orders, everybody's just like, well, he's just undoing all the ones Trump did. <laughs> it's like, that's what we do every four years, or eight years, is you get in there, yeah. and you just try to undo all the executive orders that happened before you in your first year. And it's just like, that can't be the move but both sides defends that because it's like i don't know who started it right like somebody at some point started just right signing yeah. shit and trying to take over as the president but it's like it's not how it's supposed to be and it's just kind of sad too with you saying that of how much we've shifted in our political system to like we have almost no respect we have literally i think zero expectations of congress but there's no like respect for that body of government either right because it's yeah. just like the Supreme Court, especially in the Democrats' view, in my opinion, is meant to be wielded as a political tool. And then you have the co- Congress that just creates a bunch of bullshit bills, right? That they they slap on names like the COVID relief bill, and there's like four billion dollars going to transgender yeah. studies in Iran, you know? And it's like, how the how the f did we yeah. get to this, <laughs> you know? And the the pages are it's it's 585 pages, and you have three hours until we're voting on it. Right. It's like, how did our system get this effed up? you know, how do we get to this point? And it's just like, well, just the president does everything. You think about how how people like scream and cry in the streets after a presidential election. And it's like, we shouldn't be that upset about it because there should be these checks and balances that keep him from being that much of an asshole. (laughs) But we don't really have that because we just, it's just EOs.
1: Yeah, I mean, that goes to something that I was planning on pointing out in this process too, but it just goes to show like the flawed human nature that it is. I mean, no matter what system you're going to be in, there is going to be aspects of it that don't work out well <clears throat> so which you know which one would you rather have
0: yeah you're kind of picking you're kind of picking your 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 battles there and i think that one thing that's really important for people to understand with socialism is and socialism versus capitalism is that what you're ultimately choosing what i believe you're choosing and why a lot of especially this this especially pains me in the black community to watch people fall for things like blm and just kind of socialist values and principles and ideas in general is that our ancestors were not about that, right? Like you read Booker T. Washington, you read Frederick Douglass, um, and there were some. I know W.E.B. Du Bois was um, pretty socialist and had some socialist ideas and would argue with Booker, Booker T. Washington about these things, right? But you're basically choosing what our ancestors fought for was just to have our... Uh, to have the the constitution and the declaration of independence apply to us as black people. And we've pretty much gotten to the point where it does. Right. Like at least, I mean, we've made incredible leaps and bounds, right. To have the most equal society literally in the world. It's the best place in the world right now to be a black person is in the United States of America. They said, I think it's, I think it's, I think the number and you can look this up is if, if black Americans were their own GDP, we'd be number 17 in the globe. Mm -hmm you know, because of the amount of wealth that Black Americans have. And so you have this concept, we have this idea, right, that like living in some other country would be magically better. But what our ancestors fought for, when you think about Frederick Douglass, Booker T. Washington, Dr. Martin Luther King, we wanted a fair shot because when you're in a capitalist country versus a socialist country, you get to decide, right? You get to decide what you're going to create, how much you're going to have, what you want to earn. And so like one of the things you read, if you like look up the basic definition of socialism is that, as I said earlier, socialism, capitalism the government takes over and seizes the means of production and gives out to everybody based on need. I don't want Kamala Harris deciding what I need to have, right, for my family. This is why you see these socialist countries in with bread lines and people eating dogs in Venezuela, you know, and, and all these different things, right? People starving to death in China. It's like because when, when the government, somebody else gets to decide what you need, that sucks.
1: Yeah, it's equitable, right? Yep, it's equitable. equity versus equality. You that's should talk about great, that. That's a great. That's a great. I mean, I did a lot of zero research that. on that. But, oh, I
0: can explain it if you'd like.
1: But I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody's using equitable like it's supposed to be the best, you know, the next thing that's great for everyone. Yep. In reality, it's it's just yeah, it's just Ass. socialism. Bro. To, um,
0: yeah, there's a great Market Thatcher video. Have you ever seen the short like three minute Market Thatcher video on that? No, I haven't. Oh, bro! I gotta say it to you. So she's in Parliament over, you know, in England, and she's talking about how the socialists. She was such a she was such a thug, but she's like the socialists <laughs> would rather every like the poor get poor so long as the rich get less rich, right? Because right? that's what socialism does. It, it makes everybody equal, right? You get this equity, not equality, but equity. Yes. And and what equity means is that the only way to the only way to have that is this is this fairy tale, right? That. Bernie Sanders pitches that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez pitches to people is this fairy tale that you can have everybody have the same and we're all going to make 100K a year. We're right. all going to pull in 150 and everybody's going to be happy with it. And it's all going to be fine.
1: We'll all have so, the same life.
0: We're all going to be poor. The only way that that happens is if everybody is poor. You can see it in North Korea. You can see it in China. You can see it in Venezuela, except for a few. Yes. The, the elites make a lot of money. Everybody else is extremely poor. And so that's what Margaret Thatcher was saying. She's like, socialists just, they're so focused on the 1% being less rich. Just like the fact that you don't realize, um, you know, one thing that I heard from Thomas Sowell earlier today, sorry, I'm ranting a lot. I get really excited about socialism. Um, Thomas Sowell talked after about- today, it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> one thing he talked about today, bro, uh, when I was listening to him is he said that if like the idea for socialists, what they pitch against capitalism is that they say that there's a bunch of elites, there's a bunch of owners, right? The CEOs, the businessmen who exploit their workers and keep them poor and they get really rich. Right. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't explain the middle class in America that doesn't exist in socialist countries. Right. Right. We have, he was given some crazy stats about like how much we've even not even just risen the tides, uh, Uh, here in the United States and in in Western Europe, but he's like, even Africa, like even third world countries are experiencing better life because of capitalism, you know, because of what we set up in the United States of America, like the life expectancy in Africa, you know, the, the, the morbidity rate at childbirth and things like that, like has drastically decreased because of uh, technological advances and these things that capitalism creates that socialism simply does not. And it's incredible, and but it doesn't explain the middle class. How do we have so many people who are comfortably living and making it? Yes, there are people who are poor, hundred percent. There's no way to not have that, because yep. some people don't want to do anything. Some people find really bad luck. Some people make horrific decisions. Some people are incredibly lazy, and that's what happens, right? But the only the answer to socialism, what people are pitching you is that we're all going to live middle class, but that's impossible. We're all going to live lower class, and we're just all going to be poor. And then and then people won't have to feel bad about being poor. So I guess that's a good part. Right, is you won't feel as like exclude, you won't feel as left out as you do in America if you're poor, because you're like, man, this is a really nice place. It sucks that I'm poor, and, you know. And instead, it's just gonna be like, well, now everybody's poor, so I guess I don't have to feel bad about it anymore.
1: Yeah, and we're all in this together, you know. We're a community. We're doing this together. Right. And um,
0: that's a big part of it too.
1: Yeah, I mean, and what you said there about Africa, and like what comes out of that is charity. I mean, people think that capitalists. Yep economies create all these people who are greedy. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of greedy people out there in a capitalist economy, but there are also a lot of people who go out and do good and who decide to take their uh, abilities and their technology and everything that they've created and apply that to these less fortunate places. And that's that's what we're called to do as Catholics too, is to, you know, donate to those who are in need, um, whether that be financially or whether that just be volunteering.
0: Yeah. Tithing and generosity. It's incredibly yeah. important. And there's it, the, it's so funny, you know, people always say, and will occasionally challenge like these socialist um, politicians and say, you know, you can always give more in your taxes than they ask for. Right. Like if you want to pay higher taxes, if you want to give more to the government, let the government manage your funds, like you're, you're free to do that, but yeah. people don't want to do that. But you look at a lot of these conservatives, especially Christian conservatives, religious conservatives in general. Um, it's uh, it, we, they're so much more generous. Yeah. Then socialists are socialists think that the government should force people to be generous as where capitalism provides an opportunity for us to choose to be generous which is the only way of actual virtue it is not generosity like what peter pan did right like of, of stealing isn't it wasn't peter no it's not peter pan robin hood robin hood steals from the rich to give to the poor right mm-hmm. he's not he's not allowing those rich people or forcing them into a virtuous act right Right? Like the guy who gets robbed and his money goes to the poor, like, he's well, just that stealing. might seem like a good thing. Yeah. Like he's committing a sin and stealing, and that rich man is just a victim of a crime. Like, there's right. no virtue in that. Right. So you're not growing in virtue. There's nothing good about the government coming, taking your money, Seth, and giving it to Nathan because Nathan doesn't want to work. Right. Like, that doesn't make you any more virtuous. It's not a good thing for either of us. Right. Uh, and it, I think people just really kind of neglect to see how much uh, generosity is needed in the world, but also, it's what's so sad to me, bro, is like when you have things like these crazy-ass COVID bills that are giving all, billions of dollars to other countries. We never document that, right? America's this racist, evil, awful country, but we give all this money to other countries, to Asian countries, to African countries, to European countries, to Middle Eastern countries, to South American countries. Uh, we give them money straight up in cash. We give them technology. We give them not only bullets. We give yeah, them not the only
1: countries, not only countries, but I mean terrorist organizations too. I mean, <laughs> sure, we funded we, we funded ISIS. We funded. We've been very. You know, we funded again. Mexican cartels most likely. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are plenty oh, of organizations who have benefited, who have in turn come against the U.S. and like right. Uh, yeah, wage war against us. I mean, just the fact that we give
0: money to Iran, and Syria. And just like go soft on them. The stuff that we do with China, it's unbelievable. But but what I what I I mean, you're 100% right there. But I just think it's important also for people to recognize how much good America does with our money, and the wealth mm-hmm. that we've created, that just goes unreported, it just gets no attention, right. And you Correct. hear these people who just hate our country that just tear it down and say, how evil and awful and ugly America is. And it's like, dude, we are like, literally, what is it the the Navy's, I think, motto is like a global force for good. The U.S. Navy, a global force for good. Mm-hmm. I think the Navy or the Air Force, I never learned their mottos because they're corny. But this one, I think is kind of good, right? Like America is literally a global force for good. and It is the greatest country that's ever existed. And it's done so much good in the world. And it's really sad when you see people like our current president, our current vice president, speak things contrary to that.
1: Yeah, and who want to tear it down. Right. And, and so it may speaking. not be perfect. And it may not be perfect. No, that's it definitely, that's it isn't certain. Perfect. Yeah, that's certain. But we are definitely doing things that no other country has ever done.
0: Right. Exactly. And like I said, just thinking about the middle class, like just creating that, is unfreaking believable, dude. Like it literally for for all of human history did not exist. Right. Like even when Karl Marx was like writing this stuff, like he's still kind of coming out of this, uh, you know, like the nineteenth century into the twentieth century and stuff like it was not, uh, like, the, the the middle classes did not exist like this. Like, for the longest time in American history, you think about, like, the Roman Empire and stuff, right? Like, you had rich people and poor people, right? Rich people, poor people, and slaves. Like, there was no happy, comfortable suburbs and middle class where, like, you were safe living in your home, right? Like, you were able to go to work and make a good, earnest living working a decent, you know, 40 hours a week, which is not that incredible, right? That's less than 25% of your week you spend at work, and you can, you can pull in. You know, somewhere in the middle class, from fifty to one hundred thousand dollars a year, like that's crazy, and we get to and just like go out to eat and like go on vacation a couple times a year, and go and to concerts know, and football games.
1: That was based on too, when like where you were born, who whose son or daughter you were. I mean, back then, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how it is today now too. Like does. life, is that, right, life but, isn't fair, and that's kind of like right. the whole thing of what socialism is trying to you know, discredit and trying to create that equitable that equitable, you know, equity or whatever. It's just like yeah. you can't undo the fact that life isn't fair. Right. And that's that's unfortunate. And yep. it doesn't mean that, you know, somebody who's born poor should just be shoved in the dirt for their whole life. You have yep. to go out and create and help that person, but it's not going to be through government assistance. Yes, it's not going to be through government assistance, they have to want that they have to take that on. And they have to realize like, yes, they are in a, in a bad spot, but they can get out of that if they if they work hard enough, and if they want to, you have to want it.
0: Absolutely. And that's what I think is so interesting. You know, when I I, I talk a lot about Eric Thomas, who's one of my first uh, big inspirations in my life, just a huge motivational speaker, right? And you think Mm -hmm. about every motivational speaker ever. Like, that's what they talk about, right? Is you have to want it, right? Like you have to work hard. You have to hustle. Like rappers talk about that.
1: Yeah, what's his name, Goggins?
0: David Goggins. Oh, yeah, yeah he's dude, the king of that. he
1: crushes that. Yeah. That's his main thing.
0: Absolutely. And so it, that's what it's all about, right? And, and then you see these other people on the other side that say, you can't make it no matter how hard you work. I, I mean, I hear these these stories every day. People are telling me in the media, politicians tell me that uh, that no matter how hard I try that, uh, what, what was it that I think it was Joe Biden said tonight in his address, on the George Floyd's case, um, the verdict coming out, he said something about like, I can just be killed just living my life. Middle-class American can just be killed for living my life. And it's like, I, I literally face no threat of that on a daily basis, like none, 0%. I don't but either. You kind of create this, right? You kind of create this mentality that that's true. And that forces people to want to think like, oh, we need to create equity. And so let's talk about that real quick. So the greatest example, I think, that kind of breaks this down is this other super... Uh, this, this super dumb commercial that Kamala Harris came out with like right before the election. And it's about Which one? <laughs> Yeah. Right. <laughs> Any of them, but this one specifically is about equity. And so it, she basically shows these like two animated characters. Right. And th- she's talking about how they're both trying to like get to the top of the mountain. Have you seen this one? Yeah, I recall and, it. Yep. And there's two ladders. Right. And so she's like, um, the idea of equality is saying that if we both get the same ladders, then, um, then that'll be fine, right? That we'll all kind of work out and we can kind of get to the same place. She's like, well, what if your ladder starts off here and mine starts, or if I start off here and you start off over there, right? And so it basically shows person, the, the, the ladder is the same distance from the top, but the people are starting off on uneven ground, right? So like the uh-huh. person is, you know, one person significantly lower, can't reach the ladder. The other person um, can reach the ladder from where they are. Under, there's, there's a lot to unpack with that, right? The first thing to understand is that those advantages exist like regardless of race, regardless of sex in the United States of America, right? And around the world. First of all, your, your first higher ground is being born in the United States of America. It's the best country to be born in. Mm-hmm. Secondly is what kind of family and home you grew up with, right? If you grew up in a home where you learn virtue and discipline and good values, right? If you had a two-parent home. Um, and then there's also things like money. Guess what? I don't know what your family's background was, right, growing up you don't know what mine was like. I know white people who are poorer than me. I know black people who were richer than I was growing up, right? Those, it exists across everywhere for everybody that they're gonna have problems and issues, right? I, I saw my white friends go through different family struggles at home than my black friends did at certain times and sometimes the the, the struggles were similar. You know what I mean? But like, I, I saw good families of, of both races, like these advantages don't just come in, uh, they're not just dictated by whether or not your ancestors experienced slavery or especially whether or not you're the color of somebody whose ancestors might have experienced slavery, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. not the only way that those kind of disparities exist. The other thing that that fails to neglect is that sometimes the person, sometimes the people literally have the same distance to the ladder, or even there is a little bit of disparity in in the distance to the ladder. And one of them just chooses to sit down and sit on his ass, right? Like everything you just talked about of like, you have to want it. Some people just sit on their ass and they don't do anything. And I see this all the time. I see this, if you watch like Netflix's i love this i watched this back in october when i was in the heat of all this stuff uh i binge watched last chance you have you ever seen last chance you yeah so have you watched the basketball one
1: i haven't watched the basketball one i think oh, the last oh, one i watched fire. was the uh the last football one where is oakland or whatever
0: oh see so <laughs> that's where i stopped so i didn't get to california
1: but, dude, they had the uh they had independence kansas shout out for two seasons
0: i did see that one uh, so east mississippi and then i saw the yeah the one in independence
1: some grass-fed kansas boys there
0: <laughs> right just like you i don't know that you're necessarily grass-fed but i guess you were from a small <laughs> town right oh yeah anyways what i love the last chance you have to watch basketball on though for real what i loved about watching that is it showed all of that right like it showed all of this i love they would show the kids who grew up in the suburbs in nice homes that wanted to be that were still the want to be gangsters right like they were still the ones who wanted to cuss people out and fight and not go to class mm-hmm. and it's like bro you had a father figure. You grew up in a nice home. Stop acting like this. Stop dressing like, this. you know what I mean? Stop, like, pull your pants up. You got your underwear hanging out in the college classroom. Yep. It doesn't help you at all. Like, I don't know who taught you. Like your, 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 your father is like, he's a good guy. Like he's a good man. He seems like a good dude, you know? And you obviously know the background story of people's lives, but it's like, we have this picture that if you see a kid like that, you're like, man, he must've come from abject poverty, had no chance to make it. But even no matter what you think about these kids, I used to tell, kids in college all the time this and I think that a lot of black student unions fail kids without telling them this is that when you get to college like you have to let that shit go somebody might have called you the n word in high school somebody might have done this or that but like you're here now you're in college mm-hmm. go to class do your homework get involved with activities on campus get a good gpa get a major that actually matters and succeed in it right like these are the things now obviously some educations don't set you up for as, for as much success in that but i think what people have to realize and you see this in the in the show is kids just don't go to class. You don't even try. The teachers are literally trying to pass them and they literally will not come to class or why do you have a d? Why are you failing this class? Oh, i missed three assignments. Like there's no excuse for that. Like racism did not cause you to miss those classes, right? And they have this excuse that there's they're a victim, that they can't their their life's constantly under threat and we create this anxiety and we do young black men and women such a disservice by doing this because we create this mentality that they can't make it. But this is the biggest lie between equity and equality is it tells you that we're all out here working the same, you know, putting in the same work, trying just as hard, making the same good decisions as where, you know, another great example of this is the college, the student loan forgiveness, right? Some of us out here for myself, I went into the military. I had to go to Afghanistan. I was jumping out of airplanes. I was, you know, having mortars shot at me because, and I got a three-year scholarship for that. I didn't have to pay to go to college. Some other jackass with a women's study degree, you know, or a degree in uh, transgender squirrels uh, is is wondering why they can't get a job out here, right? They, have, they had a 2.3 GPA in in the transgender ideology of, of mammals, and they're wondering why they can't get a job, right? And, and they're working at Starbucks, livid, that they can't get a job and they have- 80,000 in debt. Yeah, exactly. And now mm-hmm. I have to pay for their student loans to be forgiven. And it's like, we didn't do the same things. Like we did- Like we went different routes and I'm working harder than you. I work a lot more hours than you do. I work harder. I've become smarter. I've made myself more valuable in the workforce. And the great thing about capitalism is you do have to take a chance, but you're betting on yourself versus betting on the government. And it's one thing that people talk about uh, that I heard a lot about recently is that we talk a lot about people's innate desire to be free, but that people haven't. I heard somebody say recently that they have that human beings have a more even deeper desire to be taken care of. And that's what socialism plays to is it says, don't you want to be taken care of? We'll take care of you. I'm the government. I'm here to help, which, you know, President Reagan said were the worst nine words in the English language.
1: Yeah, you completely take away a person's free will. And like, that's what the reason that we're on this, this earth is because we were, you know, God gave us free will. He gave us the choice to believe in him or to not believe in him. And if you don't want to, then you'll have to face the consequences at the end of days. And it's the same thing with the government, too. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit before. You can't serve two masters. And it's the same thing. Like, you can't neglect that free will that you've been given um, to serve the government. And, And most of the time, you end up getting placed in a role probably that you're you know i don't know what it's like i've never lived in a socialist um community but i can imagine that you probably don't want to work very hard to move up at a socialist um and a socialist government and a socialist company whatever it may be um i know that like i did i did look at some of everybody points to the nordic countries that have socialism which is just funny that people bring that up because they're they are also a we're a democratic socialist company or uh, country, and they're also a democratic socialist country. They have aspects of a democ- democracy and they also have aspects of socialism within their country, just as we do. We have the education system. We have, uh, we have fire houses. We have the police department. We have social security. I mean, we have plenty of aspects Government of socialism. Yeah. Correct. And, um, They also have these just in a different fashion. They also have, you know, they also have social security. They have, um, it seems like most of them have more of a government control. Like most people work for the government there. It seems like 60 to 70% of the workforce is working for the government, which is much higher than it would be here. I guess I don't know if that's accurate. If you take into account like an education system police department. I mean, all those technically would be government. I don't know what that would be either. But there's also a certain percentage of education systems that are privately held too, like Benedictine or um, private high schools or, you know, things of that nature. So that would be interesting to put together. Um, What was cool is they did it's Denmark, Finland, Norway, Sweden, and Iceland. And I don't have you ever heard of the human development index?
0: I don't, I'm not sure.
1: Okay. It's basically, historically, people have used GDP to like gauge whether or not a country is pretty much profitable. Right. uh, If it's a good state to live in, you know, if you have a high GDP, you typically want to live there because there's a lot of imports and exports and they do a lot of business and money's flowing in and out is kind of the thought process. Sure. So there's this human development index, which is only like 15 to 20 years old. And it basically measures people's happiness in the country that they live in, mm-hmm. along with the economic outputs of it, um, their education levels, um, yeah, all basically
0: suicide rates and things like that. Yeah,
1: a bunch of different data um, to determine whether or not that country is the high, you know, is the happiest to live in. And five out, all five of these countries were in the top seven, and U.S. was ranked twenty-eighth. So clearly the people there are happy with what they're doing, but also recognize that the largest country here is 10 million people. So most of these countries, I believe three out of the five are 5 million. Sweden is 10 million. And then Iceland's like 300,000. So they're not very large. I mean, New York City is
0: California. Yeah.
1: New York City is 8 million people. New York City, not even New York State. Right. So, like, New York City itself is bigger than, is just as big as the biggest country. I mean, one and a half million short, but still.
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: So, and that also seems to be a huge factor is that there is, these people are in such a small, they're all from the same part of the country, whether, you know, they are in literally the same country, but they're also been in the same area for God knows how long, like their right. people have descended from this area. Whereas obviously the United St- States is a melting pot, as we like to say. Mm-hmm. And we like to be proud of the fact that we're a div- diverse culture. <clears throat> the problem with that is, is if you want diversity, you're going to have to let people have free will. You're going to have to let them right. bring the thoughts that they have cultivated over hundreds of years, right? from their ancestors, from their culture, from wherever they came from. And you have to view that as a positive rather than a negative. Yeah. And also on top of that, these people are in such a defined space for so long, their country does not span the distance that it does in the United States. I mean, obviously, it makes sense that me here in Kentucky has a completely different viewpoint than somebody who lives in New York City. And that's totally fine. We live two completely different lives. But that doesn't mean that that person's ideas are more valuable than mine, and vice versa. So we have to recognize that like, this is this is a huge experiment, like the United States is is so much different than any other country in the entire world right. that we don't take into account the fact that that is a huge factor when looking at these other countries who um, have these socialist parts of their they're not even entirely socialist, so it's it's right. stupid. And they
0: very strongly clarify that often.
1: And it's stupid have to people think like that Bernie that they, Sanders
0: that say that all the time. They'll be like, <laughs> Look at Sweden or Norway, and they're always like, dude, we're a free market.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also they have dude, like,
0: crazy high tax rates though.
1: Yeah, dude, they have like a, a 57% tax rate for not just, not just the highest. Like I'm pretty sure that's, that's across the board. Like I am paying roughly like 25% of taxes of an income tax. Right. If I had to pay double that and then some, that would be huge. Imagine having a $2,000 paycheck in gross and only receiving yeah. $600. <laughs> right. That would suck. That would be depressing to see that every day or every other week. Yeah.
0: It's awful, man. And and then the other thing that people don't realize a lot of times is that companies leave. Right. So I remember seeing a video today that talked about how IKEA left Sweden. Like like IKEA founded, you know, Swedish founded the boxes are in Sweden, right? Like it's super Swedish. And it 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 bounced because it's like the tax rates are crazy. And that's what we see with so many of our Large corporations, right? That end up going to communist China and exploiting people because they let slaves. people be exploited. Um, and they use this, yeah, slave and child labor to create our shoes and our clothing that they come back and sell to us at exorbitant rates. And those are the countries, those are the companies that end up succeeding and thriving in communist regimes, right? We talk about Nike, having the elites. Yeah. <clears throat> Nike,
1: <laughs> Coca Cola, everything that's happening. I mean, listening to that georgia tax bill or the georgia id bill or whatever i mean it's just sickening that all these companies are advocating that that's oppressive and then go out and you know force slave labor camps to make their products
0: it's wild and then they take all this money the millions of dollars away from the black businesses in atlanta that would have experienced that from the mlb all-star weekend now it would go out to denver to this you know extremely white part of the country. Right. Um, Where they're going to now go to white businesses and you know, who's not affected. Nike makes money either way. Yep. They're not losing money. MLB is making money either way. So they don't care, but it's just this virtue signaling, this stuff that's supposed to pretend it kind of looks like it helps, but it really doesn't do anything for you. And then the other thing you have to think about too, I like a lot of what you said there, but I think one thing with the immigration stuff is like, what kind of people are we attracting? Like you see the border that we have at the crisis, right? The Southern border right now um, where places are, 150, 700% 150, 700% at capacity, kids sleeping on on floors. There's no type of COVID distancing or testing or, or regulations or care, care in that manner. Um, and it's just madness, right? And we have all these people flooding and rushing here versus we used to have a lot of people from the West Indies, from South America, from Central America, from Africa that were coming here to work hard, to start a business, to chase what we call the American dream. Now politicians have so mainstreamed the idea that if you're a person of color, there is no American dream for you. But if you come here, we'll take care of you and give you stuff for free. And so we're getting like the, the immigrants that we're drawing even from all of these countries are different types of people than we used to have because we used to have people who came here to work hard, to contribute, to be an American, right? Like they, And there's still a lot of people who value that and think that way, which is why you see a lot of immigrants, especially those who flee places like Cuba or Venezuela that come here and hate socialism. They hate these extreme democratic uh, policies And they want to work hard, they want to take personal responsibility, they want to have their own shit, and they want to be able to get more of their own stuff, if they so choose, right? If they decide to work hard and get that.
1: They want to live their life.
0: Right, exactly. And so I think that's so big. But the other part you said that I thought was really interesting is just the fact that it's the size of a state, like a lot of these countries, right? So one thing that socialism in America seeks to do is like end federalism, which ends basically states' rights, right? So a lot of things between conservatives and liberals today, conservatives are very pro-states' rights. Um, the the beauty in that is that your local government knows what you need more than President Biden does, right, than yep. D.C. does. And so who knows what the, the, a random county in South Dakota or California or Texas or Oklahoma or Florida needs more than the people who are the mayors, the city councils, the governor, yeah. right? And so when you, we basically run our country that way. Now, would even Norway, Sweden, these countries that are, have these high tax rates that are more socialist looking than us, even though they still claim to have free markets, would they want the European Union controlling their shit and doing everything? Probably not, right? But that's what socialism in a place like the US would look like. right Meanwhile, if they choose to have high tax rates, that's just like being in California, right? Yeah. Like if you have a state that has extremely high tax rates, they have incredible levels of homelessness, their education system is shit. It's super expensive to live there. The cost of living is out of this world, right? Um, you have all these types of like liberal and super progressive ideas that go on over there. But that's, you know, Governor Newsom is is, is running that. He's controlling that. But to say that, okay, California has been run the shit by Governor Newsom, but now we're going to take those same policies to DC and force Texas and Florida and South Carolina and all these other states to do the same things. And the people there are like, we don't want that. That's the beauty of the United States of America: is that we have states' rights, we have the electoral college, we have our you know election system and things like that. That sure we we elect federal government, but the federal government's really supposed to protect us when needed from states in infringing upon our rights, right? Mm-hmm. And let the states run their states and just kind of oversee that and step in when necessary. The best example of that is Abraham Lincoln, right, ending slavery, um, and trumping states, you know, what the South considered states' rights. That was literally infringing upon the rights of individuals right that's like the basis of the constitution when a state is violating the constitution then the federal government steps in and says no we need to stop this the other thing the federal government's meant to do is to regulate things in between the states right to kind of be the big brother and kind of oversee and see make sure the states are playing fairly and playing nice yeah. interstate highways the national defense all that kind of stuff but we've gotten to so much bullshit we've given so much control into the the federal government it really makes no sense man it's crazy
1: yeah, it's very impressive that we've been able to stick together as 50 United States for this long, especially, right. I mean, just to think about it, the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution are the oldest governing documents in the world. I mean, that is, that is quite a feat, <clears throat> to
0: right. say the least. No, 100%. The other thing that we didn't talk about too much so far is the... Uh atheist aspect of it as well you know you talked a little you, you touched on this earlier about how um you can't serve two masters right but communists uh Karl Marx right um all these people you think of, Kamala Harris or um Bernie Sanders AOC like there's a reason why extreme leftists are not extremely into their they, they don't have you know religious practices they're not faithful people Sure, they'll, they'll say it when they when it behooves them, right? Like Bernie Sanders will claim that he, he's got this Jewish background, or you see Nancy Pelosi or Joe Biden say that they're Catholics, right? But none of these people let their faith actually guide their life. Like, they're not faithful people, right? Like, none of these people are going to be canonized at the, end of the, at the end of their days, probably. Like, barring an extreme conversion before they die, you know, that's something we yeah. pray for. We prayed for it before we started this, right? But I think that we have to recognize how important that is and how much you see people over there abandoning their faith and that you can't have socialism, and God. The government and God can't both rule your life. You can't submit your whole will and everything that you have over to the government and entrust them to do what's good for you, especially when that government is also forcing God out of the public square. It just doesn't make any sense to me. The same people who say, don't bring your religion into politics, right? When they're talking to uh, Amy Coney Barrett, right? Justice Amy Coney Barrett, who is an amazing, faithful Catholic woman, just got ridiculed, ridiculed, and persecuted, and just kind of all types of disrespect towards her because she's a Catholic, because she's an actual faithful Catholic that believes Catholic teachings and accepts them and lives by them. Like she, she received all kinds of you know mistreatment for that. And you see people who the same party, the Democrats, who say you uh, Catholics unfit to be on the Supreme Court and all this stuff. Like that's the people you want to give more power to. That's the people you want to control you, and that's the people who you think are seeking the good. When you read the Constitution and Declaration of Independence, you realize what our founding fathers meant and what a lot of them talked about is that it takes a virtuous people to be free. And what we're losing in our society as we drift closer and closer to socialism is virtue, goodness, this understanding of being a moral people. We lose that because you have to sacrifice that in order to want socialism.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a lot to unpack. I think that there's... <clears throat> Kind of like I touched on earlier with the free will. Like if you if you take that out of people's capabilities to to do that and to exercise that free will, then they don't even recognize that they have it. And they don't recognize that even when they might be using it, they may not be understanding the consequences of their use of free will. Right. Um, and not knowing what is a good or a bad action for them. Right, Because everything is, is warranted, you know, is moving towards, towards the government's, um, you know, continuation. I think that, uh, yeah, it's just, it's crazy because the person doesn't even, when they don't have that capability and they don't have that motivation to become a better person, to use their free will to become a better person and to live virtuously and you just get stuck in this rut of, all right, it's an, I'm the cog in the wheel. That's the thing that you hear about these communist organizations is that you just, you literally are a cog in the wheel because that's that all mentality. they view you as. They don't see you as a human being. And that strips away what we have been taught in Genesis that we are made in the image of God when you just feel that you're a cog in the wheel.
0: Yep. Which is really sad. And I think you see this best. And one of the things that people like to neglect is like, every time like you can Google, like, what is the definition of Nazi? The National Socialist German Workers' Party, right? Like, that's what it stands for. If you look up, like, what does Nazi stand for? You see these things. Like, that's what socialism. That's tyranny. That's socialism, right? Like, uh, not only World War II, not only at the hands of Nazis, but in China, uh, Mao, you think of uh, Venezuela, you think of... uh, honduras and like all these other countries right that have experienced serious tyranny and socialism like tens of you're talking a hundred plus million people have died because of socialism because what exactly what you just said they don't see human beings as human beings and the 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 lie is that greed ends if we end capitalism and it's just not true and it's the greediest people who are telling you that because they're still
1: going to be wealthy and they often try to do it in a form of I really like that imagery you had earlier of the Trojan horse but they often try to do it like in a way that seems peaceful in a way that Tori came home the other night and she goes did you know that the swastika is actually a sign of peace and like previous to Nazi Germany the swastika was used as like a way to like give peace to the next person and Nazi Germany came in came hey we have this sign of peace we're the the good people (laughs) and we're going to make things right and this is how we're going to do it and then slowly but surely it became all this stuff that the people didn't recognize like hey this is what we signed up for i didn't i didn't realize that yeah and yeah usually i mean and especially in the case of i know i'd mentioned this before but if nobody's checked if you haven't checked out animal farm by george orwell fantastic rate and you'll get all the tenets of socialism there but they oftentimes like find a scapegoat like especially in in the case of nazi germany i mean that's pretty obvious who their scapegoat was but like in an animal farm there are all these bad things that keep happening to the community and to you know what would be their country i guess and they continually blame it on this previous um officer who was high you know this high ranking officer who mysteriously like disappeared and like nobody ever knew what happened i mean it's a it's a rabbit but that he is like high up in the the um yeah the thinking you know to use his george orwell yes is thought um that's awesome but yeah i mean it's just like that's what happens is is they come in And when things go bad, they try to blame it on somebody or someone who has continually come after um, their organization or or their country. And rather than actually facing the issues that are at hand, that typically are a result of them starting the socialist organization in the first place. Right.
0: Absolutely. That's great. I appreciate you sharing all that. I'm excited to read that book. Um, but, dude, the, the last thing I, I kind of want to touch on today, uh, I think this would be a good thing to kind of close with is th- this is I think this is just a prime example, bro, of ways that people are trying to exactly what you just said. And what I talked about earlier, the Trojan horse of socialism is I am uh, going to share this example that I think really wraps up exactly what I talked about earlier, where I said so many people say, no, I don't want to be socialist. And you see conservatives say that and they say, they share shit like this on the Internet. And I'm like, dude, what in the heck are you doing? I have a whole album on my phone that's just titled Stuff I Hate on the Internet. And this is my latest edition. Is, I don't I don't know if you've seen this. I know you're not on social media a ton, but it's this combination, right? This oh, comparison yeah. Of, yeah, oh, of LeBron James and Sue Bird, right? Right. So they both played 17 seasons, Sue Bird and the WNBA, LeBron in the NBA, four championships each. Their 2020 salary, Sue Bird's, was $215,000. 2020 LeBron made 37.4 million bonus for winning the 2020 finals 11,000 for sue bird 370 thousand for LeBron James now people share this and I, I just I screenshot this when there was somebody who I know is a lifelong Republican lifelong conservative that shared this and this is and I I think it's so important to talk about man because memes are literally ruining America right <laughs> I love the funny ones I like adore them. But it's stuff like this, bro, that gets people to think, you know, oh, that's abs-. they look at something really simple. Right. Like this is the whole Stats line up.
1: Stats line up. They look exactly. They are exactly, exactly. the same on paper. 17, you seasons, know, nothing else. You know, those four facts.
0: What the F is this so different for sexism, right? <laughs> it's the patriarchy. So only thing I could explain it. Brother, listen to me. This like when I read shit like this, man, is the reason why I haven't written more. Of if only life was black and white like me, because this is what I want to talk about. Is we look at this and we want to say this is black and white, right? Like this is LeBron James. This is a man and a woman. Now disregard the fact that I'm pretty sure she's white and he's black, right? So disregard that, right? We're not talking about that right now. We're not talking about the fact that he's it is
1: you know, black and it is black and white, Nathan.
0: Half a half a billion dollars <laughs> net worth as a black man in America that came from abject poverty. We're not talking about that right now. What we're talking about right now is sexism. So shut up with your with your race stuff. Okay, now here's another statistic that they forgot to mention. According to WSN.com, the WNBA generates about sixty million dollars in revenue, while the NBA generates seven point four billion dollars per season. Let me go ahead and run those numbers by you one more time: sixty million versus seven point four billion. Now we hear this nonsense the most from um, the uh, oh, what's her name? the uh the u.s women national soccer team u.s national women's team um rapino rapino megan rapino bro and i love listen this this is the the thing that hurts me the most with the women's soccer team is i love like like irrationally love the u.s women's soccer team like it is one of my favorite things when it comes on the world cup on the olympics
1: i feel like everybody in the u.s does i feel like we're all kind of in the same on the same page there the
0: men suck and so we love watching the women. And like, I mean, the country cheers. Like I go to bars to watch the fi- semifinals and the finals. Like I love it. The USA yeah. chants, like I get just as behind them as any other men's team. But I also recognize the fact that these num- these same numbers exist for them. And so they point and say, why don't we make the same amount of money as the men? And this is what people need to realize is when you're conservative and you say- you share stupid ass things like this, you are promoting socialism. Because the only way that these people make the same amount of money, even though they don't earn the same amount of money, even though the marketplace determines they're not of the same value. And by the way, when I say the marketplace determines the same value, if you think that Sue Bird should make more money than LeBron, go out and buy some Sue Bird stuff. Go to a WNBA game next season. Watch the WNBA on TV. Yeah, even just watch it. That's what's so painful to me is I see these people share this stuff. And I'm like, I legitimately watch the US women's soccer team. I've purchased their gear before. Like I've purchased their stuff. Like I've contributed financially to them. I spend my time watching them. I promote them on social media and things like that. It's like, and then I watch these people who don't do that complain about how much, how little, how little they make. And it's like, okay, understand this. If we're gonna do this from basketball, conservatives out there who share stupid ass things like this. And I'm sorry, I get really passionate about this one understand like why don't we do this in everything then? right why don't we take the look you're a doctor this person's a medical doctor and that person's a medical doctor sure they do brain surgery and this person just you know works six hours a week in in a basic clinic you know and lets the nurse do all the work but why don't why do they make different amounts of money you know it could be because they're a man or a woman or because he's black and white like there's differences between everybody right why don't we just have everybody make the same like it shouldn't there should be no difference that's the claim right you're also promoting the same thing as gender ideology that says there's no difference between men and women the reason why lebron makes all that money is because lebron would whoop sue bird's ass in one on one because he would the lakers would destroy i don't even know the name of the team sue bird plays for i'm looking at the top of her jersey i can't see the logo they would they would it would be 100 to 10 at the at halftime Right. And that's why LeBron made all this money and she won't. It's because we don't pay to go see Sue Bird play. It's because we don't pay to wear Sue Bird's shoes. There's no, there's not women out here rocking Sue Bird, Nikes, the way that you see men who don't even play basketball rocking LeBrons, rocking Jordans. It doesn't exist. Right. Like, why doesn't Nike give her the clothing line? Where's her logo everywhere on t shirts and stuff? Nike will share and promote and, and talk about this disparity, but what are they doing about it? Yeah. nothing right and so it's so frustrating to see people share this it's like you're supporting this liberal gender ideology that says men and women are the exact same there's no physical differences in them which is which is just simply untrue if that's if that's what people want this is what i always say if you wanted a solution to this just get rid of the wnba not like get rid of it entirely but like have a draft merge them together
1: yeah just make it the nba the true nba
0: exactly there's it's not a men's national basketball association Right. So why do we have an NBA like just it's a national basketball association? Anybody who's good enough to be a pro, just like we let women into Ranger school and to Navy SEAL training, all this stuff. If the women are good enough to play, let them play. And then you then they'll have the same minimum income, right? They'll be able to work off the money that the men make. Just get rid of the WNBA. I remember seeing this same complaints about you know the gyms and stuff at the W the NCAA tournaments. And the, and I, I learned this fact that the only reason the women's tournament exists is because of the men's tournament because the men's tournament makes millions and tens of millions of dollars while the women's tournament actually loses money. It costs money to put that tournament on the only, you know where that money comes from the men's tournament. And they want to know why their stuff isn't as nice as the men's. And that's not to say that. Yeah. That was it, was it drastically different? Should they have had nicer facilities at the hundred percent at the women's tournament? I a hundred percent agree with that, but should it be the same? How can you say yes? If you're you're owning a business, if you're owning a business and somebody's bringing in in sales, you know, $300,000 a year and somebody's bringing in $10,000 a year, you're paying them the same? In what world? If you were that person, take it even further. If you were the person bringing in $300,000 in sales and there was somebody pulling in $40,000 in sales, you're telling me you'd want to make the same as the other guy? Hell no. It doesn't make any sense. But why, bro, Seth, make it make sense for me, dog. Why do conservatives share stuff like this? Why
1: did we promote it? I, I don't, I, that's a fantastic question, but I think it continues to fall into this, this fallacy of like, when you hear communism and when you hear, not that these people like hear the words communism or socialism, but when you hear those things and you hear the teachings of Jesus of where he's like, you know, go out and help the poor. It's like, well, this this will help the poor. We'll we'll all be on the same level and we'll all make the same. And that will that will change everybody's lives who's poor. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing. And then people don't recognize the true effects of what the decision that they're making. And then also at the same time realize, like, wow, my life was pretty good before then, like before I made that poor decision to and it's not like people are actually going through this thought process because they don't understand that that is the case but yeah these things are just getting lost in translation and they think that people think that it's the right thing whenever they're trying to help out the poor but in reality you get more help out of just donating out of putting some time in out of deciding to do something that you wouldn't normally do for an, a cause or an organization that you may, you know, may one-off find <clears throat> and that really impacts you and, and what you like, because that's your free will is to choose what you do and don't like to go out and help lend a helping hand to them. That's going to have more impact than, than trying to create this equitable society that everybody's trying to make. Like you're saying, if people really are interested in the WNBA and are interested in Sue go Bird, games, then go to the games and buy a jersey. That That's will right. help them. That will help them get to an increased revenue amount for them to get the same amount of the of the pie that LeBron James is getting. Yep. But if you try to dumb down LeBron, I mean I would figure that LeBron James would probably be one of the most the largest advocates for a capitalist economy, knowing that he comes from nothing and is now single-handedly the greatest athlete in the world. I mean, I would figure that he would be making a ridiculous amount and not to mention how much he's making, not just from those, but from commercials and from lines and things like that. Like he's probably worth a billion dollars at this point. So Mm -hmm. it is just, Fascinating that all these places that are the largest um, advantages of capitalist economies try to undermine themselves and say, like, hey, no, everybody should be equal, but we're going to sit here and reap the benefits over and over again.
0: Absolutely, man. It's really wild. It's super sad, but just don't get duped, people. That's the main thing that I want is that. When people share stuff like this, I know they're just reacting. It's emotional reacting instead of like logically and responding, you know, instead of logical response, it's emotional reaction. So just don't do that. Like we're supposed to be formed in faith. We're supposed to be prayerful people that ponder things and think about things and don't just react to stuff. Even on social media, like that matters. You sharing that matters. People see that and and people respect you. And then they think that this type of stuff is okay and it makes sense and it doesn't. So be careful about what you share, be careful about what you post, be careful about what you think um, and say out loud, you know how you represent yourself and the church to the world. So incredibly important stuff. But just want to thank you, Seth, man. Thanks for bringing this topic up. Obviously, I have lots of thoughts on it. and I know you <sighs> did some good research and have lots of thoughts on it as well. We hate this. I love your America shirt that you're wearing right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I ever. I have uh, rifles on my shirt and you have American flags on yours. So we were definitely to good old American boys here tonight talking about why socialism sucks. And this, we covered probably 3% of why it does. We looked out. Yeah. There's so many more things you can go into to why socialism is horrific and it fails every time it's ever been tried.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would second that. I would just say, continue to use your reason and um, use, use faith and reason as we've been taught. And I think that those things will, as you think through them and as you sit with them and chew on them, they will recognize like, hey, is this, does this have the lasting impact that I want it to have? Right. And unfortunately, most of the time, it, it's not in the cases of these socialist and, and communist economies. Absolutely. Which is unfortunate.
0: Amen. And people suffer. And people down the line, this is the thing you have to think about too, is future generations are going to suffer because of decisions that people made today searching for this fairy tale. Yes. That doesn't exist. Yeah.
1: Um, It's an oppressive state.
0: Exactly, brother. Well, good stuff, man. Appreciate all your hard work that you do for Seeking Excellence for the podcast. Love having you as a guy on the intro, but also you and Tori just tearing it up now together. It's awesome to see. We love listening to you. So thank you for all your hard work and everything that you do and then for the man that you are um, and look forward to doing more work together in the future, my man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Same goes to you. God bless you, everyone. Thank you.